Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Interbanks Fishing Report with Captain Richard Andrews. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? As always, just trying to uh, stay out of trouble. Looks like you've um, you've been getting after it. You were telling me before we start recording, you still have stripers, but looks like your your red drum and your sea trout bite's pretty good too. Yeah, we've got. It's nice to have options. I love options. Uh, we still have some pretty good fishing in the lower on for the stripers. If uh, you know our post spawn striper fishing down in that area, uh, that'll last. We're, we're kind of seeing the end of that now. It'll it'll last another week or two, probably peter out. But we've had a great run this spring on on that, and it usually lasts until about the middle of June. But we're really starting to turn our attention towards the uh, speckled trout and redfish and the pamlico. We've been doing pretty well on them the last couple of weeks. Gotcha. And from kind of a kind of a tactics and approach uh, angle, where are you finding them and how are you fishing for them? Well, the trout are typically on points and places where there's a little bit of current. Um, deeper banks, they, they like deeper water. So we do catch them in shallow water. I did catch one uh, yesterday in about foot and a half of water, which was surprising while we were fishing for some reds. But uh, they typically like four, four and a half, five foot water along banks and on, on deeper points. And sometimes they'll sit off the points a little ways uh, on the shoals um, and drop off. You know, places like that we'll catch them on uh sometimes a casting length or two off of a point uh when the water drops out the reds are found typically on in, in stump beds along the riverbank um we'll fish we have a lot of that kind of habitat here and the redfish tend to congregate in those areas uh it's unusual to sit there in a stump bed and catch 30 or 40 but we'll catch a handful or six to a dozen sometimes if it's good and sometimes we have uh in certain areas we'll have sometimes hundreds of yards of these 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 types of areas and and when it's really good we'll just kind of be be fishing along and sometimes you don't go 20 30 feet without getting a bite and and our redfish are all different sizes this year we've got two different age classes we've got uh the younger fish the two-year-olds which are like you know uh 16 and 19 inch and then we have the three-year-olds which are catching a lot of like 24 to 28 inch fish which are and a few a little bit bigger than that which are great fish on light tackle yeah absolutely and so are you fishing you know most of them on like streamers and or you know down deep or kind of mid column or how are, you, are they eating on top no they're not eating on top we're catching mostly most of them on streamers uh you know if a lot of those red fish on their stump beds are in less than two and a half feet of water so uh, you don't really even need a, any kind of an intermediate line, usually just a floater with, uh, you know, a fly that's got some weight on it or maybe a little bit of split shot from the streamer. It's enough to get them down. Uh, they're eating uh, menhaden actually right now. So we're, we're using bait fish pattern, anything that limits them, um, the menhaden. The game changers have been great. Uh, I don't generally, haven't been using a lot of the shrimp imitations yet, but pretty soon we'll have, um, late June, early July, we started having our first hatch of brown shrimp in the estuary. These brown shrimp are now living in the creeks, and they grow a count a week um, this time of year. So, you know, a, I guess a 30 to 35 count shrimp one week, the following week will be a um, 25 to 30 count. So 
by the time they get to be, by the time we get to, to the uh, about the fourth of July, it kind of marks the beginning of our shrimp season here. Early July, you'll start to have some brown shrimp that are um, marketable size. They'll, they'll start catching them. The shrimpers will, and they can actually sell them, and they'll be you know big enough to eat. And then from there, they just continue to grow. So, but what will happen is these shrimpers are living in little grass beds up in the creeks and tributaries, and they'll start migrating. They'll grow, and they'll start migrating out of the creeks. And they'll move out into the creeks and out of the creeks and out to the river shoreline. And when that happens, it, it, it's, it's crazy amount of action out there. The, the, the fish just get nuts. When you can find the birds and the shrimp, birds working on top of the shrimp and shrimp flying out of the water, you'll find reds and trout and stripers all mixed together eating shrimp. Well, that sounds pretty neat. And I took a quick look at your weather and, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. You've kind of got, you're in that kind of, I guess, traditional kind of coastal uh, summer pattern with not infrequent afternoon thunderstorms. Well, we had a dry spring and um, kind of a droughty spring, which is unusual. Uh, it was dry and dusty here for a while. And then we had our first major rains last week. And once the ground got wet, you know, then, then the humidity started. So now we're in this humid summer state where, of course, you, you get temperatures in the mid to late, mid to high 80s or, or, or low 90s in the afternoon. Uh, that humidity will, you know, enter the atmosphere and then it'll end up, we get afternoon thunderstorms. And, and we have them here almost every day. You know, when you get this far east in North Carolina, there's a lot of, even farmland just to the west of us and we just we see afternoon thunderstorms almost every day and that's that's the pattern we're in well, well there you go and we've got a question uh from matt for you richard and he wanted to know if it was better to fish for redfish on the low tide or the high tide i thought i'd uh i know it's a little different in your neck of the woods so let us know how it works well in in the pamelco estuary we have wind tides so we do not actually have lunar tides here um we're fairly far west of the inlet. Uh, the only tidal zone in the Pamlico estuary is just behind the inlet. Uh, just a few miles, actually, behind the inlet. And so, and, and the tides aren't big, like in the salt marsh. They're only, you know, a foot to two at a most. And, but once you get out of that lunar tide zone behind the inlet and get where we are, it's all dictated by the wind. So, if you can imagine a fan at the end of a bathtub blowing the water from one end of the bathtub to the other and the water's kind of piling up at the other end and the harder the harder the fan's turning the more water's piling up at the other end it's the exact same thing that happens here in the pamlico so easterly winds blow the pamlico sound water up into the rivers and so we have on easterly winds we have high water on this side of the sound and on westerly winds we have low water so, and it depends on how hard it blows. If we have a severe blow, it can fluctuate quite a bit. I mean, it can fluctuate three or four feet. I've seen it on extreme winds during storms where the water's been blown out of the river up near Washington, which is the headwaters of our estuary. And also, we get, you know, flooded conditions where the water will come up in people's yards and that sort of thing on really, really hard easterly winds. So, that, that's how wind tides work in a wind tidal system where we are got it and so is it better you know since you can't really predict it is it one of those things where you want to kind of fish it when it's pushing the water into the shore and then if you know like for the wind 
turns off to go out and kind of fish the fall or how do you kind of use that to inform your fishing? Well, it, it, it related to our fishing, the water levels make a huge difference. Um, low water is tough. When the water falls out, the fish are not on the bank. So I was talking about fishing stump beds along the banks of the river earlier. Well, when the water's up and it's, these stump beds have a lot of water on them, you know, you might have two and a half to three feet of water versus a foot and a half. And during those during high water conditions, the, the banks fish great. Fish go to the banks. They're up on the banks. The bait moves to the bank. Uh, when the water falls out a foot or two, um, the fish are not up there in those areas. Uh, it's, first of all, it's hard to get to those places. You might be up there just dragging the bottom and your boat's hitting the bottom. It's just hard to get in some places that are shallow. The fish will actually draw off the banks in those cases, and they're a whole lot harder to locate them. They actually might be out there on, the, on what we call kind of the first break where the air system is kind of a tabletop situation where you had this, this two-foot flat that goes out 100 yards off the bank and it drops down to four. Then you have a four-foot flat that kind of goes out another 100 yards and then drops down to six and that sort of thing. So these fish will leave the bank structure and they will retreat off the bank to the slightly deeper water. And when they and that and here that means they're in open water. You can kind of fish those breaks and ledges, but you're kind of just out there casting those in water, just hoping for the best. When there's a lot of bait on those ledges, you might be fishing 100 yards off the bank, just casting in open water. But all you can do is just cast on the ledge, on the ledge, or on the break, or just cast the bait school. So you don't really have a lot to go on. It's not it's not as easy as just getting on the bank and fishing structure. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us or send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram page. If we read your question, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag. You're getting into the drawing for the half-day charter with Richard at the end of the season. And, Richard, before I let you hop, you want to let folks know where they can find you so they can uh, get on your guide calendar? Well, uh, all, everything I do is on my website at www.tarpamguide.com. T-A-R-P-A-M-G-U-I-D-E. And um, everything, I, what I do, when I do it, is there. And um, if you take a look and if you see something that, that you like, let me know. Give me a call or send me an email. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Richard. Tight lines, Mark. <laughs>